Y'all had a lot of questions, so let's get answering. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perf. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, my inbox, besties, besties. Kate Doster here from katedoster.com, and I am super excited to be in your ear holes today. So, if you already listened to our What to Send Your List in a June episode that came out last week, you might have known that I wasn't quite sure what we were going to be doing with the podcast in June because we are ramping up for our big three summit that's going on in July, and it takes a lot of effort between myself and my team. And so we were debating, do we go every other week? Do we just air reruns? And then I remembered Kate a little while ago, you had asked people on Instagram to submit questions for you. Why don't you do like mini rapid fire episodes? So we ended up getting a lot of different questions. And so what I tried to do is bundle them up into ones that made sense. And so essentially for the month of June, it's going to be ask Kate anything month. So we will have, of course, what to send your list in a July episode that'll be coming out at the end of the month. But what I did is I went ahead and I grouped all of the questions that I got. I had a couple from email too, and I put them all together. So today's is what I'm calling podcasting and tech, because you guys had a lot of questions about what I use for my podcast, how do you actually get it on iTunes, what I use for my auto webinar, all of that funness, along with some other app questions. Then next week, we're going to get the questions I thought I'd get more of, which is about email marketing and everything having to do like launching. So how do you pre-sell something, tips for small lists, how many people should have your newsletter list, all those sorts of questions are going to be next week. And then we are going to round it out with what I call personal grab bag questions, which were really good stuff like what's your morning routine? Do you still journal? What books are you reading? If you could do things differently in your business, what would you do? So that is going to be week three of June. So what I'm going to do is all the questions that I'm answering, I'm going to have in the show notes. So that way you can sort of preview it and be like, yeah, I do want to know that. Or maybe you just want to hang out with me. So you're going to listen, which is great. So Let's go ahead. We're going to thank our tool of the week and then dive into some podcasting and tech questions. So the first question was, what apps do you use for your podcast and what mic do you have? And another question that had to do with the podcasting that fits right in is how do you get your podcast on iTunes? So I use Camtasia 2 or Hindenburg. Hindenburg, I got free with my Blue Yeti microphone. The reason why the Blue Yeti is not sounding the best right now is because I don't have enough soft surfaces in my new office. So we have a lot of reverb with sound, but I am working on that. So I have a blue Yeti microphone for the longest time. I used a snowball mic and I'll go ahead and put a link to both of them in the show notes. The other thing that I have with my blue Yeti microphone is it's on an arm that's attached to my desk. I talk with my hands too much. And when I had the microphone just on the desk, I'd hit it too much. It reverb and it would just be awful. So I need to have the little arm mic. I also have what's called a pop filter. So that takes all of your plosives, which are your B's, your P's, your D's. My linguistics are showing and it makes it so you don't blow out your microphone as they say. So that's what I use to record either Camtasia 2, because that's what I use to record all my courses or Hindenburg. I do a lot of editing when I'm in charge of editing on Hindenburg because Spotify will not take your audio file if it's in anything else, but MP3 format. They used to take wave. 
um, with Camtasia 2, I can export audio only, but it's like an MP4 file. So that doesn't work either. So that's that. After I'm done recording and if it's, I'm in charge of editing at that time, cause we're in between podcast editors, I'll go ahead and let it out in the same program. And then I upload it to Podbean. I'll go ahead. I'll put my affiliate link down below. They do have a free plan, but it is pretty limited. We have a question about free podcast hosting. We'll get to in a second. So I go ahead. I do that. When you first sign up for Podbean, you know, you create your cover art. We did that in Canva. You put in what your show is going to be about. You pick your titles. And then from there, they'll have instructions on how you can submit your podcast feed to go into iTunes, to go into Amazon music, to go into Spotify. So just because you have something like wave, which somebody had asked me about like wave.fm doesn't mean that's necessarily automatically getting shared to, you know, um, Apple music or slash iTunes or podcast or Google play or stitcher, any of that sort of stuff. You have to set up your podcast feed with your podcast hosting. And then you have to be like, Hey guys, Hey aggregates. Like I, I want to be on the show too. Once they go ahead and they approve your show. So I would have sort of three in your feed. Then you can go ahead and every single week you just upload it to your podcast hosting and your podcast hosting will then share it out to all of the places. But initially need to go to say Podbean, then sign up for an iTunes, then sign up for Spotify, then sign up for Stitcher. We also have them Google Play, Spotify. I think we sort of named all the big ones. It's basically any place you can send a podcast. iHeartRadio, I think we're on there now too. I try to put them everywhere. So that's how you do it. iTunes is notoriously slower than the rest of them. And so that's why it's really hard when you're planning to launch a podcast and we want to have a launch by date. You're like, Oh, like, I don't know if it's done yet. Um, I think that, well, yes, obviously if you can have a million downloads day one, <laughs> that would be amazing. But if, if it has to be that your, you know, podcast is say a week after you submit it, you can always go ahead and you can tell your launch team like, Hey, hey it's coming all of that. So there you go. Somebody asked if we have been on new and noteworthy, we have not been on new and noteworthy. So somebody asked, is anchor okay for hosting your podcast? Cause I don't know if they want to do this forever. Anchor.fm guys was actually bought out by Spotify. And I say, if that can get you out there, then go and do it. I already had Podbean. It was like $9 a month. So I figured, you know, why switching over, but something is better than nothing. Again, make sure that you can aggregate your stuff to iTunes, make sure that you own your intellectual property. I'm guessing, and I don't know this for a fact, but if you're on something like anchor FM, if you're not paying, somebody's paying. So they might be putting commercials on your podcast and you don't have necessarily any, uh, any say over that. I don't know that, but make sure that you read your fine print. If you do, if you need free, go for it. Like I said, Podbean has that free plan, but it is pretty limited. So where did you get the background music for your podcast intro? I got one. I think it was like five rebel. I think that it said what you want to search for you got royalty-free music, but you also want to do a Google search for royalty-free music podcast safe. So you need to make sure that you buy the license because what ends up happening is a lot of the licenses, like if you just buy them and of course I'm drawing a complete blank on most royalty-free music sessions, but they usually don't include podcasts. Or if you find music that's, you know, free for YouTube, can you use it in your podcast theme? If you just credit the person, Nine times out of 10, the answer is no. Um, I know there was another guy, Ben Sounds. He was really big because you can use, he has great quality music you can use on YouTube videos as long as you credit him. 
You can't do that with a podcast. So you need to make sure that you have the proper licensing for that. And I have to be honest with you, it's pretty hard to find actual theme music that you can use that's 100% free unless you're making it yourself in GarageBand, Fruity Loops, all that sort of stuff. So if you're going to be spending anything on your podcast, I would say a microphone at the very least, get a corded mic that you can plug into, you know, your iPhone or your Android device. You can go that way. So that's like what, 10 to $30. And then really making sure you get that proper licensing. And then what I did is I mixed it in Camtasia too. So I recorded my intro as my own vocals. Then I dragged in the music that I had purchased. And then, you know, I just turned down the music levels, turned up the old vocals. And that's how that one worked. So great questions. I was really, really surprised how many podcast questions we have. I'll be honest with you. I have no desire to necessarily put out a podcasting course. So y'all can ask me anything about podcasting and I will answer it. So how do you get guests on your podcast? Do you like having guests on your podcast? So I get pitched constantly for people to be on our podcast. I say no to 99.9% of them. I usually like to reach out to the guest myself. I will say that if I had to like really go back in time with my podcast, I would have stuck with doing every other week a guest interview. Um, If I had had the team, I would have done something like a solo show and then an interview, say towards the end of the week, like almost doing two podcast episodes a week. The reason being is that I have found when you have guests on, they'll share it with their audience, especially if you tag them on your Instagram and Instagram stories. And so that can be a really great way to sort of grow your podcast. If you are, you know, brand new or you're smaller, especially if you're in the B2B space, guys, it is a lot harder than you think to get traction with your podcast. Potentially, if you were like doing like a creative podcast or something, you know, that is just like funny people or something like serial, something story-based, maybe not. Um, but you, you need to actively get eyeballs on it. Like Google doesn't like us. Pinterest doesn't like us that much. Like you've got to put in the effort. Uh, the other way to grow your podcast, and this wasn't a question, but I'm going to throw this on there. 100%. If you are going to be a podcaster, you need to make it your whole mission to get on other people's podcasts, relevant ones, of course, but that is the fastest and biggest way to grow your podcast. So I would definitely do that. Is your podcast really effective at driving traffic and sales? So if you have a teeny tiny audience or you don't have a big promotional strategy for your podcast, I'm going to say you're better off with going like something like YouTube because it has the built-in searchability. I know a lot of people don't want to have, and this was my own hangout with YouTube. A lot of people don't want to have videos that only have a, you know, a couple, couple views, 50 views, hundred views. I think it'll discredit them. But eventually with the YouTube algorithm, hopefully something will pick up, you know, if you're doing all the right things over there with podcasting, usually it's the people that are coming in with the bigger audiences. I have to be honest with you that can really grow. That doesn't mean that it doesn't always happen. And people don't always talk about it. If you have a new fresh approach to your industry, then it can go off. But again, you have to really shout it from the rooftops. I will say that podcast listeners do tend to buy, like we have been tracking conversion rates. And while we might not get say, as many email subscribers from inbox besties, the conversion rates on the landing pages that we have for it is just so high. Same thing with sales pages. When I send you guys directly to them, they have it. The other thing, especially for our larger course, love your list, how'd you hear about us? Nine times out of 10 people have listened to the podcast. So you have to actively ask about these things and actively get in front of your audience. So 
yeah, <laughs> it's again, I, I love it because I like not having to put on makeup and get lights done and worry about like camera. And even like looking at myself on camera, I'm not always the biggest fan of that, you know, real honesty Island moment, but you can put me inside of a room and I will just talk and talk and talk. So that's why I like podcasting. If I had to do anything differently, it would have been doing more guest episodes, but at the beginning when it was just me, and this is something for all my solo entrepreneurs, recording and editing guest episodes takes a while because you figure if you're having a 30 minute conversation, then you're listening to it again. That's at least 30 minutes, but you're also, you know, writing show notes, you're creating the graphics, the blog posts, the show notes, you know, there's a lot that can go into it. But if you're a talker and you're really bad at blogging and video, I think it's better than nothing to be honest with you. Are you sending buckets of free value every single week to your email list, but nobody's opening? Or maybe you know that the key to writing emails that people want to feverishly refresh their inboxes for is the fact that you need to add your personality, but you are so boring. Even white bread is like, mm, too dull for me there, son. Then you want to make sure that you head on over to katedoster.com forward slash free training. When you do, you'll be able to sign up for my on-demand free training, the cookie method, how to write emails so good they lick their screen, where you're going to learn the single type of freebie that took one of the students of Love Your List to over seven. 7,000 new subscribers in one year when it literally took her seven years to get her first 1,000. You're also, of course, going to learn how to write those emails oozing with personality, even if you've gotten on, and the single greatest copywriting technique that has generated myself and my students well over $2 million worth of product sales, and it does nothing to do with timers or even adding testimonials. And spoiler alert, they've actually used this to generate thousands of dollars when they didn't have a product themselves. So head on over to katemaster.com forward slash free training now, or go ahead and click the link below. I think that is all the podcasting questions that we had. Anchor, background music, Spotify. Yep. Okay. So now we've got some ones about apps. Dun, dun, dun. Are you still using Trello? I still use Trello personally for all of my stuff and to get my life straight. And I actually use it to map out my courses and play stuff around. The team has migrated to ClickUp. I can put a link down there. I'm staying with Dismay. I'm not a fan. Um, basically <laughs> any, any click up section that has to do with me doing things, it is all set up like a Trello board. I just, I hate list. Uh, we had a lot of contractors. And so for us, we want to try to move over there to see if it was easier, um, to assign things, to see everything at different levels. And in that respect it is, but I just think that there's too many bells and whistles. So I gotta be honest with you. I am way more of a Trello fan. It could be because I'm set in my ways. Um, but even things like dragging over images and just, I don't know. I just, I love the, I love the board style. I know that Trello's added a whole bunch of new features. Trello magic is going to be getting an update as well, which I'm very, very excited about guys. I just had to wait till they rolled out all the features to everybody, but I love, I love Trello. <laughs> I, I miss you, Trello. I miss you. So what are some of your favorite business apps? What are you using to record your reels? So I wasn't actually going to talk about reels until let's see, probably until about three weeks from now when it's just sort of like the personal hodgepodge because someone's just like, I like your reels. And I'm like, where else do I put this in there? So in April, I decided to start doing a reel a day and then it turned into a reel every other day because I realized that reels need a bit of a, a bit of a room to breathe, if that makes sense. Right. So if you're like, I want to grow on Instagram and you're not doing reels, then stop wasting your time. Do reels 100%. You just have to. It's the only thing they're pushing right now for us with little accounts. I would say every other day 
or like say three a week, I think is a great way to shoot from. I don't use any apps in my reels. Um, I lied. I do. I do. I do. I do. So I don't use like anything like fancy, like InShot or any of that sort of stuff. I record my reels from my actual phone, like the Instagram app. What I do do, however, is I create the cover for my reels in Canva. So I'll do that on the computer and then I'll log into my Canva app on my phone. So that way I can download the picture onto my phone and then I can put that on there as a cover image. And I also type up my caption and all that for my reels on the notes app on my computer because it's hooked up to my phone because I'm a Mac user. So those, I guess, are technically the two apps I use for my reels, but I don't use it. I don't do any fancy transitions or any of that sort of stuff. Um, the key I would say is the ones that are more, say, about entrepreneurship rather than tips and tricks uh, get a lot more traction because I think that people just find them funnier. They rewatch them. But I will say that if I do something like things you didn't know you could do with Trello um, or something having to do with like email marketing, I do notice an uptick. So do reels. They're the best. All right. And the last couple of questions that I have when it comes to tech and tools, what are some of your favorites and what do you use for your auto webinar? So currently for the auto webinar, we are using deadline funnels. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So deadline funnels, what it does is we host the page that has the auto webinar on it and I put on a deadline funnel. So after you've watched it, I think it's about four to five days. It depends on the time of the day that you sign up with, then it will block that screen. We also have the deadline funnel on our thrive cart checkout pages as well. So use thrive cart. I'll put a link to them below as well. And we host the video itself on Vimeo. We used to use optimized player. We ran into a whole bunch of problem there. Um, their customer service, they just, they disappeared and it was awful. And it was a thing. We won't go to here, but it was a thing. Uh, so that's what we use. Um, I'm possibly looking at something like a webinar jam. I'm really just looking or like ever webinar. I think the reason why I didn't want to go with ever webinar is because I didn't like I didn't like how they like faked it. Like there was like fake audience members. Like that just seems gross and deceitful. But like, I do want to make sure that our webinar and our viewing pages, like it's a good user experience. So that's something that we're potentially looking into. I'll let you guys know when I make the switch. What are some of my favorite business apps? So, uh, Google drive. I used to be a big Dropbox fan. I still love it, but I figured out that there's something called like sync in something. So that way I can sync my Google drive. I'm looking for it right now. I can sync my Google drive to the hard drive of my computer, which is the only thing that I loved about Dropbox. So go ahead and search like how to sync your Google drive with your Mac and you'll be able to find that. So I absolutely use that a lot. Um, I still love Trello. It's my favorite Podia for my courses. I think that's great. Canva. I use constantly Thrivecart. I think is amazing and we can really unlock its potential have active campaign. And we've got actually a question about active campaign uh, versus convert kit that we're going to be doing next time around. So we use active campaign. I don't, I don't love it, but it's what we've got. Um, I have fallen in love with lead pages. I do not think that it's necessary when you're first starting out at all. I think it's probably overkill and you can probably spend your $300 other places a lot better. Um, but once you get to a predictable level of income every month, 100% lead pages is worth it for the sheer 
ease of testing and stats. So I love it because every podcast I'm a guest on, I just hit the duplicate button and I can put, Hey, podcaster's name. And now I know for a fact, what podcasts that I've guessed on is actually equating to subscribers. Now I know for a fact what the email marketing fairy, you know, can convert at with cold traffic versus warm traffic. Same thing with all of the freebies. I just think I just think that it's invaluable really for the ease of analytics because I stink at Google Analytics. <laughs> I stink so bad at it. So ConvertKit just make or excuse me, lead pages just makes everything and their pages are really nice and they make things just super simple. But I think that's more of a a level two business owner. If you're still in the scrappier phase, then don't don't worry about it. Just do everything that you possibly can. I know ConvertKit has their landing pages and they'll let you create a million of them and it'll also tell you stats. So go ahead, use that. Active campaign was just horrible and didn't have those features. So it is what it is. So I think we answered all of the tech and tool related questions. Yeah. Podcasting music. Yep. So that is it for this mini ish episode of inbox besties, where you uh, ask me your questions and I give you my rapid fire answer next week. We're going to have some really juicy ones about launching and list building and newsletters and all that stuff. I have a feeling that some of the questions that we got will probably expand in later episodes and I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for having Inbox Besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.